12-sided stories is for mature audiences and often deals with topics that may be difficult for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Stories welcomes you to Otherworld Seattle, a story-heavy, rules-light, Call of Cthulhu actual play. And now, our keeper, Wes Otis. Sotis, welcome to Otherworld Seattle, season number three. I'm very excited to, to get into this, but before we jump in, let us meet all our wonderful players. Let's start with Saint. Hello. I will be playing Bailey Wolf, who is our resident, uh, kind of practical, kind of logical, but touched by darkness photographer. Hey. Hello, I am Pooja, and I'm, you know... You can just think of me as the goth next door. <laughs> Immigrant family, generational trauma, the huge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm Mac. I'm going to be playing Cecil Mulgrove, who is uh, the computery, hackery person of the group who drinks a lot of coffee, likes conspiracy theories, and may or may not have been part of some weird child program when they were very young. But who knows? Hey, I'm Michelle, and I'm playing Maribel Ochoa, a local outdoors person. And, you know, she's she's looking for another mystery at this point. She also is being asked to become the next. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's Long jump into all next... that. <laughs> <laughs> the muse of history. All of you have something going on here. You've got a very busy life. Before we start, please consider supporting the show through Patreon or on coffee.com spelled K-O-F-I. Now, on with the show. So last time that we got together was last season, so we'll do a bit of a season recap before we jump into this. This biker gang came into Seattle and started to try to push around uh, Freedom Waves and get into the drug business in the area, mainly with marijuana. And you all dealt with that, and you found out that motorcycle gang was controlled by Lilith. And basically, she made a deal with Sean to talk with Freedom Waves to get him out of the city and basically sell her his pot farms. And he finally said yes, and Sean went with them down to LA. And you all kind of got together and you talked about the fact that, you know, Mira's house had been this, the scene of a demon killing and all of these different issues going on. And you decided that you were going to probably get an apartment together because it just made sense at this point. Themis said, you know, Mira, you should move out of your apartment. And what this really was, was her way of trying to get Mira away from the others to ask Mira out on a date. And that was the final scene with Mira was Themis kissing Mira. Then we jump over to Cecil, who found out that her best friend Bacon is actually an AI 
and that Bacon and Cecil have been cloned several times in a building that was actually a spaceship in downtown Seattle. And the spaceship took off. It left because it was trying basically to keep this version of Cecil on the ship. You all escaped with the help of the messenger god, who you found out was a, you know, several story tall creature with a huge tongue and mouth and all these tentacles and it helped you and down and saved you from the situation. But you also noticed that you had bruises on your arms from suction cups from where it had grabbed upon you. He saved you and disappeared. Later on, Herodotus showed up, his father of history, and basically told Maribel that she needed to be the new muse of history or history was going to unwind itself. So you were kind of dealing with Herodotus, who has no modern experience. So he's been watching Jerry Springer and all this other really bad TV and getting kind of a sense of what the new world is like. And basically, Sean kind of just left him there in his apartment for you all to deal with before he left. Now, at the end of the final episode of last season, Bailey went to a gala with Mark, one of the models that Emily used for her paintings. And why there, she's approached by the messenger god who has done a commission with Emily. We cut the episode right there with that going on. And then over at the Holy Roast, the hand burst through the ground in the middle of the shop. So that is basically where we are at. So that's where we're going to be picking things up. We'll start with Bailey because she's at the gala. The messenger god had stopped time for just a moment to talk with her briefly and then started time again. And I believe you had already done a resolve check for that in the last episode. He goes, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with you. I actually have a favor I need to ask. Uh, would that favor end up with anyone hurt? Well, the, the favor I'm gonna ask you could possibly lead to a certain person being hurt, but I don't think you'll have a problem with it. Uh, okay. And what's happening around me at this moment? Time's still frozen, and I think I remember everyone's eyes are, and mouths are bleeding or so, so, something... Uh... Something horrible? Yeah. No, everything's gone back to normal. Emily's talking with Mark over by one of her paintings, but it does seem like no one's noticing you two. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I guess, do you want to talk right now? <laughs> Sure, I can have you back here at the same time in just a minute, if that works. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to finally look straight at him and say, I'm assuming I don't have a choice in the matter. Of course you have a choice. We all have choices. You can say no. Um. I mean, hear my offer. You don't have to agree to it. There's always different ways to, what's a human saying? Skin a cat? Ugh. <laughs> uh, Bailey's stomach kind of turns a little bit. Okay, I'll hear you out. Uh, please just don't hurt anyone here. I'm not going to hurt anyone here. I don't have any reason to. Suddenly you are both 
outside of the gala in an alleyway. He offers you a cigarette. Since this is a little bit easier, so no one can see us talk. And looks like he's purposely put himself in the shadows. You can just see the cigarette amber kind of light up. He goes, I wonder if you know what you are and what your friends are. Well, uh, I know things are very weird around us. Mm hmm. And that's probably the best classification I can give it in my inexpert opinion. If there's a wall behind me, I am very much leaning against it. <laughs> anything solid right now. Well, have you heard of the theory of multiple dimensions? Mm, yeah, no comic book or two. Right. Well, there are some scientists in your world that believe there are different versions of the Earth, infinite versions, where there are infinite numbers of Baileys going through their lives in different ways. You might be a nurse, you might be a doctor, you might be uh, whatever, a post office worker. Each world has a different history, slightly whatever. Well, this is actually a, a true thing that happens, but you and your friends are even more special because though you are in all these different universes, for some reason, you also inhabit other people in other planes. See, I, I've already met you once before in a city called Arkham in a different reality, but you weren't Bailey. You were somebody else. But the, the thing that makes you make decisions, I guess you guys call it a soul, is the same in the two. So you're a multi-dimensional personality. There are different versions of you in different people, not just in Bailey, through different realities. That makes you special, and that's probably why all this weird shit keeps happening to you and your friends. Do you understand? Oh, uh do I need to make a yeah. roll? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. That feels very roll, roll worthy. <laughs> Just like, what? Okay. Okay. A 70. Let's see. Let's see. Meanwhile, she's having a little cold sweat. There's a bit of a sinking of the gut or a little bit of hyperventilation, you know, manageable. But, you know, starting up, she's only human. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Whoa, I got 62. We're, we're testing. Uh, <laughs> right on the edge. That's really I guess funny. It goes, I know it's complicated, uh, especially for, you know, humans to understand that kind of information. But I think you can help me with an issue. I want to get rid of a threat. I want to get rid of Lilith. And I want you and your friends to help me. Ah, well, she, uh, she does seem uh, also, I mean, not, uh, I mean, just. She, she seems dangerous, and not also, just solely just her dangerous. Um, that's... Uh, okay, is this something that would, like, rip space and time, or... I mean, I'm still trying to process exactly what you're, you're telling me. It's like, uh, we're very dangerous, too? Are we dangerous to you? <laughs> no, you're not. You're human. Don't worry about that. It's just you're 
abilities seem to be that whatever part of the human process that makes you living, you know, like I said, you all might call it a soul or something like that, is in control of not only you, but of several people in different timelines in different realities. I met you in 1920 in Arkham as a different person. And your friends are the same too. Yes. Okay. Um, well, as long as, and this is kind of more under her breath, as long as you don't see us as a threat, I guess we can see what we can do. I talk with your friends. I will give you details once you make your decision. You don't have to say yes. I know that I frighten you, but I'm not going to force you to do it. It's your call. Now, I will be in touch soon. And then all of a sudden, you're standing in the middle of the gala. Mark is right next to you, and Emily's right next to you. And they're just talking, and they turn like, oh, oh, Bailey, how do you like the show? It's breathtaking. All right. It is the next morning. You all have gotten together at Cup of Joe's, which is your new coffee place after Holy Roast went down. Bailey, would you just do an info dump of everything that was told to you? Yeah. So Bailey's told you all this information from the night before. What's your response? Of course there are multiple dimensions. I mean, we already knew that. But, well, I already knew that. But Lilith, does Lilith exist in one dimension or multi-dimensions? Are we... How, how does that work? Or is she a being that can just cross dimensions and exist in all of them or in a separate thing where, that allows her to see all of them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, at this point, it seems like if she's that much of a nuisance to the messenger, <clears throat> uh, she might be able to do all of them. <laughs> I'm not sure if I just say his name, he shows up. I'm not sure. Yeah, don't just say his name. I don't know. No, no, I don't. Yes. So I, I'd say it's all on the table until he, uh, well, until we agree and we get him to give us the details. I'd want more details before we agree. Are we agreeing to this? Are we? I mean, why is agreeing to this on the table? I. He says nothing will happen if we refuse him, but I cannot trust that. His very presence, I don't think no is truly an answer. And I'll just say that. I want to know is what do we get out of this if we do this? I suppose that's a good... We're going to have to call him, I guess, to us, aren't we? No. <laughs> Mira's like, no. <laughs> There's literally no way to answer these questions. Because uh, I was too afraid to think. <laughs> Suddenly you hear what sounds like a audible gasp and reaction as the door of Cup of Joe's opens. You hear the bell. And people take a big breath in, like, what the hell? And you suddenly see a young man, probably in his, like, maybe 22 or something, completely naked, with long, golden brown hair, doesn't have a blemish on his entire body. And he walks over to your table. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm lost, and I'm looking for a group of... Well, I'm hoping you people, something told me to come here. Um, are any of you Maribel? Oh, God, why did I not 
Why did I was I hoping it wasn't me he was gonna ask for? <laughs> I'm Mirabelle. And you're Mira? Yeah. And Cecil and Bailey. Correct, but <clears throat> notice the sign outside was no shoes, no shirt, no service. So you're, we're going to have a problem if you don't close up pretty quick here, my friend. Here, uh, and I'm just, I'm just going to give him my sweater. I'm like, tie this around your waist until we can. Oh, is there an issue with nudity here? Yes. Uh, currently, yes. 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 And, yes. In this location, yes. Um, Especially because we're sitting and you're standing and trying to talk to us. Just wrap the sweater around your waist and sit down, please. I've thrown it on him. It's a little rude. So he slides in next to you and he says, I'm having trouble with my memories. And I remember you four. It's hazy, though. But I feel like if I speak with you, I can get some answers. Do you remember your name? I believe it's Zeus. Of course it is. Uh, audible gasp. <laughs> well, of course, he's a god. He's not going to, you know, die. Have pants? <laughs> or have pants. pants. Pants or die, both, I guess. He looks markedly younger because when you knew him before the incident, before he was taken away by Michael, he would look like he was in his 50s or 60s. He looked older. He looks very young now. Uh, I'm going to go call Themis. I'll be back. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm thinking maybe we should all maybe exit this location. Should we take him somewhere? Yeah. We we should probably take him back to our apartment and get him some sweatpants at least and a t-shirt. Yeah, maybe. uh, Yeah. I'm I'm sure Sean left some stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll look and see what clothes Sean left and, you know, if we need to get Zeus some shoes. He's pretty used to sandals, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's do the Mira phone call real quick while you guys load him into the car, which at this point, I don't even know what car you guys are driving. You've crashed so many. What are <laughs> I mean, we. We, yeah. Exactly. still have the station wagon. Maribel <laughs> has crashed so many cars. Hey, I believe, right? hey. I believe you still have the station wagon. So you, you shove him in the back of the station wagon, and you call Themis. She's all like, oh, I wasn't expecting to hear from you so soon. How, how are you? Uh, you know, however anyone is when a naked guy walks into your coffee shop and says, I don't remember much, but I think my name is Zeus. Oh, he made it back. How is he? Doesn't remember much. Naked. That's it? Okay. Well? (laughs) I mean, that's as far as we've gotten. We're taking him back to the apartment because random naked guy in the coffee shop seemed like... A bad thing. Yeah. I get it. All right. Well, I'll meet you all at the apartment. We'll see what's going on. And uh, I'll get him. It, this is a whole thing. It's a whole rebirth thing. It it's, can be a bit much. We'll talk about it at the apartment. Great. Thanks, babe. No problem. I'm <laughs> looking forward to our date. Me too. Talk to you later. <laughs> all right. So you all get back to the apartment at this point you're at sean's apartment because this is like a day or two after he left and so you guys haven't had a chance to look around for an apartment that will fit all of you right now mira and cecil are living in this apartment 
Mirabelle and Bailey have their own places still. And you walk in and a few moments later, Themis just walks in. She's like, I didn't ring the doorbell. I didn't figure you needed me to do that. So Zeus, what do you remember? And he goes, well, I remember digging up through earth. I remember there being some kind of horrible lightning strike. I remember some angel named Michael took me to some place. And I remember fragments of these people's names. And I think I have a daughter. That's that's all I remember at this point. I mean, if the myths are anything to go by, you have a hell of a lot more than one daughter. Yeah, that's exactly what she says. She goes, you have way more than one child. (laughs) (laughs) You had a problem. All right, I'll take Zeus here over to where Herodotus is, and we'll see what we can figure out. It's going to take a little while for him to remember 4,000 years of history. Mirabelle, I know that you were asked to take on this mantle of history, which is probably part of the reason why he's forgotten so much. What are your feelings on that? Well, I mean, obviously, I don't want history to unwind itself, but I also don't want to end up like Chloe, where that's all I do all day, every day. And and then I die for my troubles. I understand that. If there's some sort of, I don't know, compromise that we could come to where I could still have a life. There might be a way that we can, I don't know, fix the issue. Celestial law is tricky. Let me see if I can figure something out. Maybe there's some way we can avoid you having to take on the mantle. You are right. It's not fair. Chloe was born into the situation. It was her life path from day one. Maybe that's what we need is a new divine being to be born to take over the position. I'll have to get Zeus up to speed and get Herodotus off this TV binging thing he's become addicted to and see if we can figure out a plan. In the meantime, do you need me to fill in temporarily so the history doesn't unravel itself? Is that a thing? Right now we have a little bit of time for me to do some research. So not yet, but let me see what I can come up with. She leans over and gives you a kiss on the cheek, Mira. Says, I'll see you later. And you can hear Zeus say as he's walking out, I don't like these sweatpants. These are not appropriate for me to be wearing. Is there some place with better clothing in this particular place? It's like, yeah, yeah, get in the car. We'll go shopping. Let's go. And you hear her car pull off. Hey, he took my jacket. (laughs) (laughs) That was my jacket. Where are you going? I'm sure Sean's got something around here somewhere you could put on. Yeah, because they they loaded up quick and left. (laughs) Yeah, you were talking about decisions to be made. Each of you has decisions to be made. Do you want to try to avoid the messenger god before he shows up on your doorstep to ask what you have decided? Decided. Well, I feel like a bit of a ding dong now that uh, the fear has subsided because uh, my my compatriots here were like, well, you, you didn't ask enough questions. I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. No, no, Bailey, it's OK. I mean, we've all experienced that. 
And you shouldn't feel bad for not asking questions when faced with, you know, cosmic unrealities. Yeah, horrible dread. Yeah, it's not like you were under pressure or anything. Oh, thanks. I guess. Ugh. Well, what do you... Should we entertain this further? Do do you think we should try to say no? What do you guys think? Well, here's my fear. I mean, I'm no fan of Lilith. Okay, but what if we do this and we fail? We are going to incur her wrath, which is formidable. And she's formidable just in general. I'm, I'm kind of confused how we're supposed to take her and her multi-state pack of ghouls out. Well, and why tell us that we're multidimensional beings that have various realities that we occupy on top of being other people in other realities? What's the point of that? Because is that helpful to us somehow? I mean, it's not like we know how to multiverse jump. And even if we did, like, what good would that do? We're still just people. And this guy, I mean, if he can stop time and do stuff like that, what? why isn't he going after Lilith? He's a lot more powerful than we are. Yeah, he seems to be powerful, but operates through... Well, I don't want to say puppets, but that kind of seems to be a bit what's going on. A little bit on the nose. Uh, <laughs> you all remember the halcyon days of us just trying to make some kind of TV show and hoping we could find something supernatural? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, did we. And now we're debating the motives of a god. Well, we could ask him. I certainly can't. I, you know, there's probably not a book or... I mean, when you say book, we could ask my dad and go back to the library. True. He had a lot of stuff. I mean, I really... I mean, bringing my parents into this seems like... <laughs> Your parents kind of brought themselves into some of this, unfortunately. True. And they might be more than capable of surprising us in this case, as they have in the past. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's our only option besides me given. If we go to my parents' house, you all get to swear not to tell my mother I'm dating a lawyer. Okay. I'll be lucky if your parents let me in the door again, so don't worry about that. I'm. They're fine. They understand possession and, and things better than we do, I think. <laughs> I mean, they've been, you know. Well, I will, I'll, I'll, my lips are sealed. So you all decide to go over to the mortuary and your mom, at this point, it's probably mid morning. So your dad's downstairs working and your mom's upstairs dealing with future appointments that she has with different people coming in for their services and all that. And she looks up and she sees all of you and she goes, uh, there's not more issues, is there? It's only been a few days. You haven't gotten a bunch of vampires after you or something, or... No, apparently that would be that. Mm. Well, I see you still have that streak. <laughs> what can I do for you all? Bailey's lips are sealed, as she promised. <laughs> well, I was hoping to talk to... I was hoping to talk to Dad and see if we can go back to the library and do some research. Well, yeah, I don't see a problem with that. He's... Got four corpses downstairs that he's dealing with. Uh, you know, we're shorthanded. So if, you know, I, I don't see why you can't go on, on your own, though. 
Also, oh, this was one thing I forgot about in the wrap-up was the Seattle Strange newspaper that you all started doing freelance work for. So they are also a resource that you can tap. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. We need so, cash to fix the cars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She goes, yeah, if you if you go over there and just tell them who you are, they'll let you in. Now that you're, you know, you've been there once, and I, I believe your father's already talked to them about you, so. Okay. Well, thanks, Mama. Of course. Let me know if I can help at all. Sure. That's a trap. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right. So you all head over to the library, and you go back behind the curtain kind of area where all the banned books are. Let's do a library use roll for everybody. Hey, okay. Meanwhile, uh, Cecil's grumbling under her breath about, you know, wishing it was all digitized. <laughs> <laughs> the one game where I didn't take library. Um, man, mine's mine's low. <laughs> Let's see. I got a four under my 47. Nice. Oh, wow. Wow. I got a 93 over my 20, so we. I got a six under my 20. <laughs> What'd you um, get, Pooja? 93. <laughs> oh, nice. Wow. Revenge of the dice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yep. I did not make it. I got a 40 over my 30, some, my 30. So I believe, Michelle, did you make it? I did. Six under my 20. Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. So you and Cecil did really well. So all of you are in different areas of this library, looking through different books and trying to find some information on the messenger God, on Lilith, on possibilities. What you find out through just skimming, because if you do a deep dive, it's going to take you a lot longer. You believe that the answers to some of your questions are that the messenger God is not part of the multiverse, meaning there is only one of him anywhere. So he is able to traverse all of these different realities without being cut up into different versions of itself. So Lilith is, from what you can tell, Michelle, because you kind of found more Lilith stuff, she too is an anomaly. She is only one through all the different universes. And the weird part is, is she wasn't always that way. When she was married to Adam, she was multiple people. But once it became clear that she was not going to work for God's plan, he tried to get rid of her. And he was successful except for one version of her, which ended up becoming very powerful and is now the one that you're all dealing with. From what you can tell, she also can move between realities, but not as easily as the messenger God, because the messenger God is outside of basically divine law. If there's a hierarchy you have, they're, they're not even connected. There's no connection between the messenger God and like the Hindu deities or the Christian deities or deity and, or whatever, right? So... They have no polar sway over those gods. And that's why the messenger god is so frightening to 
the divine here is because they can actually be snuffed out. For some reason, Lilith is a thorn in the messenger god's side, and there's not a lot of information on that. It makes me wonder is if he could snuff out gods, why doesn't he just take care of Lilith? That's the $10 million question. You don't have the answers to that. Can we get all the info dump from that? Or are you guys going to hide some? <laughs> oh, definitely going to info dump. Info dump. Well, then it seems like if she's some sort of aberration beyond just divine God, you know, freaking otherworldly, it seems like she's a glitch in, in you know, for lack of a better word. And I look at Cecil when I say this. <laughs> <laughs> so if he can't operate within the system, that makes even more sense that he wants... I'm sorry, to use us as antivirus. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, no, that was actually pretty good. That was that was not a, a terrible analogy there. Sorry, uh, I'm still thinking about the implications of other clone selves and myself in the multiverse. But yeah, I mean, that's that seems like the gist of it. <sighs> no, we still don't know what happens when she goes and anything else that follows after that. Is there more unraveling or does something something change for all of us? I just, I have, I cannot even process. Well, my other question is what happens if we go after her and she just jumps to another area of the multiverse, which she apparently can do just with more difficulty. And I don't understand the mechanics of that at all. Oh, definitely me neither. But it almost seems like he's going to follow our souls, quote unquote, and keep using those souls, no matter who we are, maybe in that case. Maybe that's why he mentioned that there's more than one of us. He also kept mentioning the 1920s. I don't know why. He was like, would I remember that? Did he give a location? Arkham? Is that something that we can research or I can do a computer about or something? Bailey yeah, you yes. could. <laughs> Bailey yes, yes, you could. Sorry, I was enjoying the back and forth and enjoying the show, so I got kind of lost. <laughs> oh, yay, Stop being the audience, Wes. I'm the audience. Oh, wait, no. I'm actually involved. Now, Cecil, during this whole conversation, you really kind of feel more detached. And you look across all the books and the faces of your friends and you think about your origins and that sinking feeling of how many clones are out there. I think that Cecil recognizes this feeling, kind of tries to play it off like everything's fine, like she was just having one of her space out brain moments and sort of just shakes it off for now and, and says, you know, I'm I'm going to see what I can find out about this this Arkham. Uh, give me a just are you doing doing a computer about it or a library? Yeah, Cecil does prefer the computer over analog. Computer. Yeah. So go ahead and give me a roll. I got a 13 under my 80. You do some research and you find out that Arkham was a city based in New England, not far from Boston and Salem, that had a bunch of issues with economy. Their economy fell apart during the Great Depression. They had a very well-known school there, Mississippi U., but it also faltered and went out of business. They didn't have enough students coming in by the time the late 1930s rolled around. And the city kind of dried up. Actually, the entire area became depressed. There was also a, another city that was nearby called Innsmouth that was attacked or raided by the federal government. 
in the early 1930s. And that also attributed to the to kind of the decline because it felt like the area wasn't a safe place for people to live. So Arkham is still technically there, but at this point, it's largely a ghost town. Sometimes people still go there to search the dilapidated buildings in the dark forest looking for the supernatural, the dark tourism or haunted tourism. And that's pretty much it. The, the place just kind of died off at some point. Was there any more information about why Innsmouth was raided by the government? It is completely classified. You would have to do some massive hacking and probably put yourself in a position of being seen by the men in black again. Mm, yeah. If you want to do that, I am totally okay with you trying to get through that. But <laughs> that's just me being evil. Yeah, I'm going to info dump this to everybody and just be like, fucking government, man. Hell, I mean, it's that long ago and it's still classified. It's probably some secret, dark, triple ops bullshittery that they do, you know? Yeah. It was taken over first by the FBI. Then it was passed off from what you can see to the intelligence apparatus during World War II. But no, it's, it is definitely strange to you that they have taken the steps that they have to kind of cover up what happened at Innsmouth and the surrounding area. I'm going to note it and maybe catalog it for if we're ever at some place that has a library, like a public library that has like a computer or something that I can, rather than using my own personal device to try and hack through shit. No, absolutely. And you are actually at a library at this very moment that's a public library as well. It's part of the school library. Oh, I thought this was like the back room of the Seattle Strange. No, no, this is the back room of the library. The Seattle Strange is a whole different resource for you all. If they've got like public computers up front, I might excuse myself to go because th this would definitely trigger Cecil's sort of hyperfocus mind. Of, well, what the fuck is this about? Because, you know, it, it's it seems too weird that we hear about this place and then it's connected through to the government in this really deep way. All right. So you go off and do that. What does everybody else want to do? Because it's going to take Cecil some time to do this. So probably even a montage, probably a montage. It, what do other people want to do during this montage? Is there any way I could research what? The possible effects of Lilith going away or being dead, you know, would be on everything. I will say that that is something that you would have to do some massive reading on. And it would all be conjecture because that's not something that like philosophers have really tackled. Like, What would happen if this person we think is a fictional character disappears like because humanity doesn't believe in any of this stuff yeah you know who would have tackled it geeks true there's probably a comic book somewhere yep. <laughs> with, with the the disappearance of lilith or something well maybe we could just even ask themis at one point if there's ever been anyone like lilith that has disappeared or in, anywhere similar yeah that's a good idea okay it's like, how could they be? I don't know. Well, maybe. Because I just, I don't want to just go helping this guy and not know the consequences yeah. of our actions. 
or the possible consequences because they could be cosmic consequences. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's uh, very concerning. <laughs> I mean, I did read this comic like a long time ago <laughs> about dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, well, and also, if we want to talk biblically, why wouldn't it be an issue, you know, thinking about it, that maybe Lilith is just a product of bad parenting, considering God was like, I made you. But I kind of fucked up. And I don't like you anymore. Piss off. So maybe we need to fight God. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it really kind of feels like we already are on that track. <laughs> yeah, we're on a. Uh, well, we've wait. definitely been pulled into a lot of stuff that I feel like is bigger than us individually. Yes. But we don't need to talk to uh, we don't need to fight god we may just need to talk to him uh, from what i understand that goes super poorly for everyone yeah he's they the god that we currently are talking about is very finicky and mean <laughs> and i don't regret saying that so he's a cat <laughs> <laughs> very finicky and mean <laughs> So, I mean, at this point, you know, above game with, with the way that we've kind of set this up, you, Mira, have a almost a direct line to ancestors that you've talked to now as that were spirits. Chetna, your advocate with the court case, definitely helped out a lot. That's a possibility. So it's not like you don't have connections to like not only Chetna, but to Gabriel, who showed up and spoke with you briefly. And then ran away. And then ran away once he realized the messenger god was around. But, you know, at least that's, he seemed more approachable than Michael, that's for sure. And if you remember, Michael got chastised for doing what he did as well and when he left with Zeus. So you're right, there is a lot to it. That's definitely a, a consideration, though. You do have people you can talk to besides Themis that might be able to uh, help or at least give you an idea of what would happen if Lilith disappeared and maybe how exactly, you know, the messenger God wants you to move forward. But I think at this point, it's kind of a good place for us to stop this episode because we have a lot of questions and we can't really dive into them until we have a little bit more time. So I think this is a good place to, to stop, and then we will resolve the hacking of the Innsmouth information. We'll resolve some of these other issues, and you can kind of make a decision on how to move forward. So thank you all so much for playing. Thank you all so much for listening. I love getting back to Otherworld. It's always so much fun to get into and it's great to get back into these characters, so it'll be fun. Let's find out where everybody is. Let's start with Mac. Hey, y'all. I have been and will continue to be Mac Beauvais. You don't have to hack the internet to find me. Just look around for at strange like that, and you are likely to locate my socials. Hi, I am Pooja. Been playing Mira. You can find me across the internets as Forgotten Saves. And if you want to hear me play more TTRPGs, you can find me on Happy Jacks RPG. And for a very special run of Asian, Southeast Asian specifically, I'm so happy to be on. So happy to be included in this space mech opera amazingness on Queen's Court Games. 
Hey, I'm Michelle. And you can find me on the socials at Michulu, M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. You can find my music and Wes's amazing sound effects if you subscribe to the Plate Mail Games catalog through BattleBards. Hey, hello, I'm Saint Spider. If you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at Saint Spider TV. Uh, that's S-A-I-N-T-S-P-I-D-E-R-T-V. Thanks. And I'm Wes Otis. You can find me at Plate Mail Games on Twitter. You know, unless Twitter's gone, then find me on find us on Facebook or on our website at 12sidedstories.com, all one word. And you can help us out by becoming a Patreon or Coffee member, or you can give us a shout out on your favorite social media, or you can give us a good review on whatever your favorite platform is. Any of those things are very helpful. Uh, and definitely join our Discord because that's really a good place to kind of come and talk about the game and what's going on and getting info. You'll hear us very soon with uh, the next episode of Otherworld Seattle. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.